Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, Warriors die and ducks fly. Quack, 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 quack. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by RevengeOfTheFans.com. Tonight, we tackle D3, The Mighty Ducks, which is the culmination of what I would rank as the greatest youth sports movie trilogy in history. Uh, There's really only one other that I can think of. But I rank it the ahead of that. The Bad News Bears? Yeah, The Bad News Bears. Which, sensational first entry, very subpar second and third entry. Although they do go to Japan and wrestle Antonio Inoki. So. Did Little Giants get uh, a follow-up? Nope. Was that just a one and done? No, yeah. there's a bunch like, uh, you know, like Angels in the Outfield, which had like straight-to-DVD crap. But this is like a legit trilogy. Points of order. You can find the show on Twitter and Facebook at Hops and Bo Flops. You can find myself at Writer TLK and Captain Cash. Find me at C A P T C A S H on most of your social media. And uh, this movie is available for free on HBO Go, HBO Now. That's where it's at until like the end of the year. It's not transitioning to Disney Plus for quite some time. Which is kind of surprising, right? You'd think that would be one of the ones that they would plug. You would think, yeah. Would would you, though? I mean, the first and second films are remembered very well, even if this one isn't. Well, it's just rights issues. They probably signed with, you know, HBO has the contract for however long. and I mean, they'll get it back just in time for the uh, series they're working on. We are drinking what tonight, Captain Cash? Tonight, we'll be drinking Canada's finest, uh, Molson. A traditional hockey beer for a not-so-traditional hockey movie. That's very true. Cheers, eh? Cheers, eh? Elsinore's, eh? That's a strange brew. (laughs) Yeah, no, we got it. (laughs) That's a better movie. So, I chose this movie, and uh, I thought it'd be a good idea for us to explain... You know why we choose certain movies. I love the, the Mighty Ducks movies. I understand this one's not very good, but I chose it for two reasons. One, because we just mentioned Disney Plus is looking into creating a 10 episode series, which I read the pitch for and I can't say I'm a huge fan of. Apparently, the Synergy, Ducks are going to be the Hawks in the show, like they're the powerhouse. And some kid fails to make the Ducks. And then so his mother starts a new team. I'm not uh, I'm not sold on Is the on new that. team also called the Ducks? I don't know. Yeah. So how do you swing that? I wouldn't be happy with it. Uh, of course, they're reaching out to Emilio. And if Bombay comes back, I mean, come on. That's just incredible. We'll have to let him direct a lot more things to get him in a whole miniseries. Yeah. And second, this movie did terrible in comparison to the first two. So it's a lot like Turtles 3 in that way. This movie made like, just under $23 million, whereas Mighty Ducks 2 made almost $46 million, and Mighty Ducks 1 made 
over 50 million. The failure makes sense. I mean, I think the ship had sailed by this movie, and a lot of the issues I have with this movie are mainly that Charlie is a whiny bitch. <laughs> it's honestly, it's the Harry Potter problem. You get the kids to early high school. And everyone's a dick in early high school. So yeah. as much as, you know, you enjoyed the cute kids playing hockey when they were like, you know, 10, 11. By the time they're 14, everyone's awful. And you're like, oh, God. Well, to be fair to anyone that's actually raised children that, yes, they, they started as plucky youngsters and you enjoy them. And then puberty hits and they turn into a bunch of buttholes for about four years. So it's fairly accurate. Charlie is very angsty in this movie, and it is not fun. It's so 90s. Yeah. I'm telling you, Harry Potter 4 levels of just weird angry for no reason. 4? 5? I don't know. Well, right in there. Whichever one had the uh, the winter ball. The what or what? They go to the winter ball, and Ron is just like a total jerk to Hermione. Like oh, the yeah, whole no, movie. that's 4. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Imagine that, but without the magic or whimsy. And, and hockey. Without the butterbeers and uh, the invisibility cloak and the Marauder's Map. So, yeah, less fun. Just in general, yeah. a less good time. So this was directed by Robert Lieberman. Not a lot of movie work to note. He did direct Fire in the Sky, but he's done a ton of TV work, uh, like The X-Files, Dexter. And this one's for you, Captain Cash, The Expanse. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I uh, I have a new uh, Expanse cosplay thing I'll be dropping soon. Hopefully that'll uh, that'll go over well with the internet. We'll see. We shall cool, see. cool. Shout out to Fire in the Sky. That movie is terrifying. In that is a random-ass alien abduction film from, like, the mid-'90s. That is a deep cut, sir. Yes, it, it is. It's, yeah. and, it's, and it's based off an alleged true story, but the abduction scene in that movie, uh, there's a good, like, five, six-minute period of that film that is absolutely terrifying especially mm. if you have an eyeball thing yeah no i remember that movie being unsettling so that's kind of cool yeah. that uh yeah. he directed it uh this movie starring emilio is it he's top build but yeah. he's in it for like five minutes i think he worked for like three days on the movie he was there for a yeah. week uh joshua pacey jackson jeffrey nordling who's Coach O'Ryan. You might recognize him from Big Little Lies. He's uh, Laura Dern's husband. Uh, Joss Ackland is Hans, who returns after inexplicably disappearing in D2 and being replaced with a guy, and I shit you not, just named Jan, who's apparently related to him. <laughs> just okay that they swapped out <laughs> these two Listen, guys in the hockey vague, shop. Vaguely Northern European. It's all kind of the yeah. same thing. And nobody noticed. Yeah. Uh, Sean Goldberg Weiss. Get well, buddy. Get that well. guy. Oh, boy. Uh, having a rough time of it. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. He, he's having uh, uh, Charlie Sheen levels of problems. I mean, yeah. on the plus side, he lost a ton of weight. Okay. Meth will do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Eldon Henson, who's a pod two-timer, as he was in She's All That as the gay best friend. And and Foggy Nelson. Yeah, Foggy Nelson. Most importantly. Foggy Nelson. Hashtag save Daredevil. Michael Cudlitz from The Walking Dead. He's one of the two people Negan brained in uh, season seven. Abraham. Yeah. <laughs> Mother dick. Is he the dickhead redhead jock? Yeah, yes, he's he the is. bully. Yeah. No way. Yeah. So, of course, all the other familiar ducks Whoa. show up. Dick. Most of them. 
I'd like to think at some point in The Walking Dead, he screams, they've got horses. <laughs> we have to go back and watch it, but at least once, I bet there's a reference to horses. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So according anyway. to uh, IMDb, the film's description is the unruly team of hockey misfits grows up a bit and receives scholarships to a prestigious prep school where they take on the snotty varsity team. Well, that really is what happens, but that's not how I would describe what happened. How would you guys describe it? Well, I would say that D3 is an uninspired combination of many sports films that preceded it. The Bad News Bears, Hoosiers, Caddyshack, with a pinch of Animal House, just to name a few. Ultimately, the movie has at least two too many B-plots and severely overestimates the emotional attachment we had to these characters from the first two films. Yeah, it does, uh, because this movie is wholly unnecessary, as it is the exact same movie as the other two. It just swaps out, obviously, the Hawks for the varsity team and Iceland for the varsity team. The story beats are almost exactly the same. Yeah. Players get mad at coach. Players forgive coach. Players win the game they shouldn't win. That's the movie. Yeah, I think the main arc that we see in this is of uh, Conway, right? Yeah. As yeah. the captain, the he falls, character. he rises, he ultimately learns to become self. But that's basically the first two movies as well. And the whole team, they overcome adversity, they win in the end. Uh, we've seen this two times before. It's really no different. They tried to overcomplicate it. Back to my B-plot comment. They try to make it cuter and more interesting, but it just got bloated. This is, again, I'll make the, the argument, this movie was at least 20 minutes too long. So I, I I agree, but, I mean, arguably every sports movie where you've got an underdog sports team is that. There's, but they but you don't win. do it three times in a row, Captain Cash. Yeah, you you're don't do it three it. times in a row. They needed a hard loss. You needed a rocky one. I do have a story about that, and I'll save that for later. Now, to okay. me... What this movie comes down to is just Charlie Conway acting like a tremendous jerk. And then it also trying to convince us that he was ever good at hockey, which is not a real thing in the Mighty Ducks canon. The plot is the plot, right? It's the same thing as the other two. But here is what I want to address. It is the biggest issue with this movie. Wait, can I do my one? Can I do my one? Oh, you have one now? Yeah, I got one now. Okay. Yes. Okay. It took me a second. I had something. I got it now. I think it's a... I would call it uh, the Mighty Dawson's Creek. Okay, that actually that actually makes sense because there is so much, so much like romantic subplot that goes nowhere and is as g as humanly possible. And he's a lot like Pacey. He's a terrible student. He's a jerk. <laughs> Wait, are they the same actor? Yeah. 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 Okay. Joshua Jackson, man. It, it took me a second. It, wasn't he also in Rounders? I don't think so. No. 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 What's what's the what's that bad like for tr- skull and bones? Oh, he's in the. Uh, now you're thinking of Daw- Wait, was that him or was that Dawson? Yeah, was he's, that Phantoms? he's in uh, the skull. Uh, the the skull society or whatever. The skulls. Or... The skulls. Yeah, it was the skulls as Lucas McNamara. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He wasn't a good hockey player in that, but motherfucker no, could but... row. Uh, gotcha. Gotcha. So, this whole movie revolves around the plot that Charlie is. Stripped of his captaincy because he's not a team player. Now, this is what I would like to refer to as the trial of Captain Conway. Because Charlie wasn't the captain of the Mighty Ducks. I'll allow you to try and counterpoint that 
but I have a million reasons for you why he was not. So if you'd like to tell me why Charlie is the captain and this should be the fucking central through line to the end of this trilogy, please elaborate. I mean, in the first one, wasn't he, wasn't the idea that he was the coach? No. Right? Uh, that's the second one where he, he basically gives up his roster spot so Keenan Thompson, Russ Tyler can stay on the team when Adam Banks comes back from injury. Again, knuckle puck. Captains don't do that. Captains are never a healthy scratch. Captains want to compete, Charlie. You know what else captains don't do? They don't drop out of school and go to theme parks and eat hot dogs all day. He's not the captain. I'd like to point out I did not captain our rugby team in college because I was the guy that would have pissed off with shuffles and gone to a theme park and ate enough hot dogs and root beer till we barfed. It's very anti-captain. Is is Chumpzilla actually Joshua Jackson this whole time? We didn't realize it? No, he's probably Fulton Reed, if anything. Wait, which one's that? The big guy with the hard slap shot, yeah. Foggy Nelson. Fulton. Hard slap shot. The Bash Brother? Yeah. Yes. The, oh, cool, the cool, first cool. present Bash Brother. Yeah. Which, I do want to note, to Chumpzilla's point, like, they bring back one of the Bash Brothers, which... In the last two movies, there were these two characters, one of whom was Fulton Reed, the other of whom, what was his name? Dean Portman. Dean Portman. And they're Dean the hockey Poonman. enforcers. Whoop, whoop. They're the hockey enforcers. And you only get one line at the very beginning of this movie saying, oh, well, Portman's not coming. The end. Only to have him show up out of nowhere. And somehow Which, be allowed to play in the game. Yeah, he's at the end of the movie. He's not in the school. No, no, no. He signed his contract, and they specifically address it in the movie. Well, the contract signed. It's still valid. It's legal. That's not how it makes no sense. But they address it. They do address. There's no rules that say a dog can't play hockey. (laughs) I mean, I love Portman. Ice Bud, and I'm glad he he got to play Uh, again. He's a more likely captain uh, than Conway ever would be. Put it like this, Conway. In the first movie, yes, he scores the winning goal, but nobody wants Conway to take the shot because he sucks. His nickname is Spazway. You don't... He never wears a C. The C does not exist. Now, trust me, I obsessed over this because I thought I was going crazy when I was doing research, so I rewatched Mighty Ducks 1 and 2. Never wears the C. The only reference to him being captain is when Gunnar Stahl, who plays for Iceland and would not know the team dynamics or hierarchy inside the Ducks locker room, refers to him as Captain Duck. How can he be the captain when he didn't play in the game? See, so I took that as, well, you're from Iceland, something's lost in the translation. He's not the captain. If anything, Jesse Hall's the captain, who is inexplicably not in this movie. Jesse Hall was the head of the V, the flying V, the most potent attack the Mighty Ducks had in their offensive arsenal. It's clear to me... He's the captain. Well, I, feel like I would just—I would just like way to more seriously than the uh, cartoons. You sound cannot would break canon like that. It's ridiculous. I don't care if this movie is about kids playing ice hockey. So I clearly, my my only retort to this, Mister Wizard, would be: I'll take the professional wrestling angle here. Uh, Joshua Jackson is clearly the baby face, so he's the heart. He's getting he's he's the he's the he's getting the, the the lead role. He's getting the starring role here. They manufacture that storyline. You're right. They forced it. It didn't really make sense, but they forced it. That was the whole angle of this movie. 
And and the point is that, that the people on the team, the kids, looked up to him. So they just kind of He's the retro, you know, uh, uh, retroactively added that in there. Look at me. Look at me. Yeah. Charlie is Retcon. the captain now. Charlie is yeah, that, not that's a, the captain now. They, they retconned it. They retconned it. It happened off screen. The team I'm, took a vote. They love Charlie. I'm just He's telling awesome. you this. If I'm Coach O'Ryan... And we have very we have very similar personalities. Preach hard work, defense, tough grit, all that stuff. I'm not letting Charlie get on that bus. I'm gonna say, listen, jerk off. You quit on these guys. Get off of my bus. You're not the captain. They're kids. I don't care. Goldberg, who who's now playing defense, even though he can't Which makes no sense. He's the captain now. Yeah. So hold on. I want to get to some of these questions that you've got or these points of interest you've got, Mr. Wizard, because you make some excellent points. I do. I do. And I Um, are these my not so serious questions about this stupid movie? Yeah, Uh, please, please. Number one, I have thoughts. I don't want to spoil them. There is a very traumatic downhill rollerblading scene to open the movie. And it, uh, brought memories to me of the fantastic movie Airborne, also hockey-related. And that uh, movie also has a very prolific downhill rollerblading scene. Which one was more treacherous, this or Devil's Backbone, which nearly killed Seth Green? I'm going to have to go with Devil's Backbone because there's things that happen in this rollerblading scene that defy all logic and physics such as Goldberg going faster backwards than Conway can skate forwards, even though he's not exerting any energy in doing so. He's not, like, striding. He's just it's going all mass, really baby. fast. <laughs> yeah. It's all I mean, mass. That's exactly right. That's just physics. It's momentum. It is so absurd. There's kids jumping over moving cars on rollerblades. So, so, wait a minute. I think I can answer this question definitively, at least from my perspective, because I've never seen uh, Airborne. Are there pit bulls in the downhill scene in Airborne? I don't think there are dogs. Points ducks. But somebody falls Boom. off like a like a pier. It's more like an overpass. So there's that. Some yep. guy gets hit by a car. There's a guy named pit Snake bulls. involved. I'm telling Snake, you. that's 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 solid, but pit bulls. I'm sticking with the pit bulls. That is true. I mean the pit bull was it's probably the childhood trauma of filming this scene is what sent poor Sean Weiss awry, but yeah. Captain Cash, thoughts? It's, Jesus, the flip that Charlie does over that car? Yeah. On the other hand, that whole experience had to be terrifying, yet they come out fine. I'd say the, the dogs. Definitely the dogs. Yeah, the dog, the dog thing, does... it probably puts it over the top. Chumsell is right. That's a good point. That's a factor you can't account for. Like, I get that uh, Airborne has is this organized race down this terribly dangerous hill in Cincinnati. But the fact that no, you know, surprises are really thrown their way. They know there are going to be cars and this, that, and the other. Like, the dog really adds another element. And Goldberg had a lot of meat on his bones in this one. He was a good target. Fun fact, Cincinnati is often billed as a city. On seven hills. Much like Rome. Boom. Yes, both wonderfully beautiful, too. (laughs) But only one has diarrhea, Chili. Yeah. (laughs) And the other's Rome. (laughs) 
So, uh, next question on a scale of one to ten, how big of an asshole is Conway in this movie? Uh, he breaks the scale. He's probably like a three hundred and seventy-five. Uh, yeah, I have him down as an eleven. <laughs> yeah. Um, on a scale of one to ten, and I think it's funny because the movie wants you to hate the coach. It does. But the coach is, is actually reasonable. Not that big of a dick. He's just kind of a hard ass. Um, yeah, the whole defense and discipline approach. Actually, that's good advice for the team yeah. for these young hockey players. Like, they would be better if they just took his advice, which makes Conway's dickish behavior even all that much worse. He's literally a petulant child. Yeah, like, hey guys, stop jerking around at practice. We have stuff to do, and they're like, this is how the Ducks play. It's like, oh, so you do no hockey drills at practice? So your plan for playing hockey is let the kid from Texas lasso you? Yeah. Because, I don't know. All right, am I, am I allowed to grade Charlie on a on the curve of he's a teenager? Sure. Sure, but it's still on, unforgivable. <laughs> on the curve of teenager, he is at worst like a like an eight. At no point does he, like, knock up the the girl. At no point does he, you know, like... He doesn't. He's not a school hockey shooter, you know. Well, you know what? I, I, I'll give you this, Captain Cash. One of the things I was surprised they didn't mine for emotional points here is that he doesn't have a dad. Like they hint at it a little bit with this relationship with Bombay. Yeah. But he he never really overtly pulls out the lacking a father figure card. You know, he's got a good relationship with his mom, but he never really. Yeah, he's got he's got Hans, but they never really milk the fatherless angle. So he he could be angstier. Exactly, for, it could yeah. have been a lot for, worse. That's all for I'm trying te- to say. For a teenager, that was pretty mid level angst. I just want to point out that when the Bombay is not the coach, right? It's Coach O'Ryan because Bombay has an offer, tremendous opportunity to go be like the director of the Junior Goodwill Games, whatever tournament they played in in mighty ducks too and he's like you can't do this to us you have to stay you can't leave me he's just a selfish prick and that's the beginning of the movie all 14 year olds are selfish pricks that's the whole point most of the other teens in this movie are completely reasonable and you know what jesse hall's not in this movie so where is he he's probably buried in conway's backyard because he was so desperate to be the captain, to be the one everybody looked to, he murdered him. <laughs> the dog that, that chased Goldberg aggressive. feasted on his bones. Oof. It's canon now. I mean, this we never dark. know where he went. Where'd he this go? Took, yes, this this took a real hard left turn in a, into American Psycho Land. Where's, you know, you, where's you know what? Hall? We could tell learn me. a lot from ants. Yeah. I'm just, just saying. Tell me. We if could you, learn a lot from ants. If you could tell me what happened to him. I mean, he escaped the house where the people lived under the stairs. We know he survived that trauma. So where is he? Wait. He was in that movie? Yeah, he's the kid. Jesse Hall is. Wait. The one, the one with his tongue cut out? No. That's the, guy, that's the guy who gets accused of murder and jury duty. Jesse Hall's the little kid, and his, his uncle takes him into the house from the people under the stairs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah, I got you. Now, I've, is that Jesse Smollett? No, that's the younger Hall brother. No, it's the other one. Yeah, sorry. Who is also in Mighty Ducks? Yike! 
Yeah, uh, that was the uh, that was a joke I was making. Sorry, I'm not that dumb. I, I'm trying to lead oh, stuff okay. here. I feel like the, the the viewers or the listeners should know that I'm only half as dumb as I sound. I sometimes I try to plant the seeds with irreverent references, but continue. Why did Smollett not claim that he was jumped by the two goons from the Hawks? I think it was the Iceland team guys looking, looking for paper. Well, he's not in. He's not team. in Mighty Ducks too. So. Fin- Finland, Iceland, whatever. Iceland. Iceland. So they were blonde. I'm sure they were Nazis. I uh, have a tremendous I mean, kind of an undercurrent there, right? Of Nazis. Actually, the Finn, the Finns did not uh, like the Germans. They did. They did not. Anyway, so I have a tremendous distaste for Conway. I think he's an awful human being in this movie. But is he the yes. biggest asshole of the film? If not, who would be? For me, as much as I hate Charlie Conway. I think it's the smarmy dad who tries to get them all kicked out of school. <laughs> I think yeah, Ted no. is the worst. That dude is the worst by far. Is his name Ted? Like, I don't know. It's something. You can, like, even the varsity team who are angry at the Ducks at least have the legitimate reason to be angry at the Ducks. Yeah. That dad is just awful. I'm sure his name's like Tad. But um, <laughs> the biggest dick in this movie, in my opinion, is Hans because he just straight up Yodas and dies and only gives a half-ass goodbye to Charlie. I know he does that weird point and like smiley face like, Hey, is everything okay? Doesn't answer. Next thing you know, he's dead. And he, he knew it was coming. And again, they never really play up that like no father figure angle for him, but there was the guy that he went to and trusted and confided in and he's like, well, I guess I should die now. And just bleh, Yoda's it and fades away without giving him a proper goodbye. That was of all the emotional relationships in the movie. That one probably had the most weight. And they literally yada, yada, yada it. Pretty cold by Hans. But it begs the question, where was Jan? Could he not step in? Jan, he showed up to the funeral. It, yeah, he, he, he was chained in that basement being tormented by the pit bull. Yeah. Along with, with Jesse Smollett, allegedly. So Allegedly. Uh, the Mighty Ducks movies are not high on their believability, especially in terms of the action taking place. Like, most of these kids had no idea what they were doing. Uh, I'm going to share the time. Time did an oral history of the series that goes into every single movie. And, you know, all the kid actors were told that they wanted kids who could skate, and they all lied and said they could, and, you could tell, like, most of these kids are terrible at hockey. But this movie, more so than the other two even, the sports scenes are just unbelievably bad. Are they the worst sports scenes you have ever seen? The The only thing they have in abundance is people getting flipped head over heels, which, by the way, is a penalty, and it happens like 15 times in the movie. So, hold on, because I'm, I'm going to pull rank on Captain Cash here, because... He's got like zero hockey and sports no, ball knowledge. I've, I've been to two hockey games, three hockey games. Come on. So I agree with your assessment there, uh, Mr. Wizard. Most of the sports footage in this movie is questionable. It's very questionable. I saw no less than a dozen egregious cross checks in any given montage of hockey. And like that is a penalty in itself. These guys were using their sticks and cross-checking constantly. Um, even right after the face-off, the first move was a cross-check. I'm like, yep. that 
that, that's a that's a penalty. That's that a you, staple you of uh, the Mighty Ducks films. Where you they, can't do that. They're just taking people out. There's a few egregious hooks here and there, um, but yeah, the upending, the upending, the the constant upending of people, like just just ducking under them and cutting through their legs. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you can't do that, and that's like literally every scene in the movie yeah and by the way like of all the stunts you could have people perform why would you keep having them do the most dangerous one and, and it's more exciting that it's way it's absurd mm. i mean Portman it, but, back, but if you're back a hockey fan it's like it doesn't make sense if you're not a hockey fan it looks like action if you're a hockey fans like that's a foul and even yeah, the fans again, are calling for it is for this is for the kids who have been watching the mighty ducks since what 92 yeah, and, and they keep it very realistic. It's set in Minnesota. There's a lot of actual real hockey references. They even go out of their way to mention, hey, they named a pro team after us. Her, her, her. Like, it's very much a sports movie, but those are some of the most unbelievable parts of it, aside from the teenage melodrama. But, uh, you know what? But I will say this um, it doesn't fare that much worse than a lot of football movies because football also looks terrible on screen a lot of times i was gonna say i feel like any given sunday is this level of ridiculous it it's it's not good any given sunday is not good varsity blues is not great either i'm trying to think the longest yard is is, is schlocky also not good. E- either version the the better one and, and the adam sandler one um those you know, the, 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 are better than this uh yeah uh remember the titans has pretty horrifically bad sports scenes. Yes. You know, the yes, movie's great, but the sports scenes are not great. Here's yeah. the thing, like I I know these are kids, but like if you watch Sudden Death, which we did on the pod and I love, they like you know, they reached out to real hockey players to be the stunt doubles for all the scenes. They're wearing helmets. They're wearing masks here and like it wouldn't have been that hard to like put together some semi competent sports scenes. I've got an impromptu ranking for you, Mr. Wizard. The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Waterboy and Caddyshack. Uh, rank them best sports scenes. Rank them best to worst. Um, I would give the Waterboy the best sports scenes because he drop kicks a person and power bombs somebody. Then Caddyshack. True. And then The Dark Knight Rises is last because Heinz Ward is not taking a kickoff back for a touchdown. Also, fuck Heinz Ward. But, um, <laughs> and amazingly outrunning the entire field, collapsing behind him. Yeah, none of but that's going to happen. Big props to Captain Cash for appearing in The Dark Knight Rises. I am actually in The Dark Knight Rises, everybody. It's very hard to find him. I've never been able but to I'm do there. so. I've seen the screen capture of him in the crowd. It exists. It's real. That's true. Uh, this is. I think this is a really important question. Because it's also, it affects my feeling of this movie. How dumb is Julie the cat that she believed Goldberg was in any way qualified to be her nutritionist? That's another plot point. He tries to get her to eat her way out of the goalie position. Kids are dumb. That's my only answer. Sure. This movie is a lot more palatable if you remember everyone in it is 14 and 14-year-olds are idiots. Well, I would argue that it's dumber that there was ever a question who was the better goalie considering it's clear from like the very first practice that Goldberg hasn't exercised or trained or anything. And he's garbage. 
and the cat outperforms him from Jump Street. So, I mean, it's no it's no surprise that he magically becomes a defenseman by the end of the movie because he was a miserable goalie. And having uh, <laughs> rewatched all three of these in relatively short order to strengthen my case that Conway is not the captain. Never was. Doesn't exist. You shouldn't have done this, Disney. Take it back. Anyway, that is a really interesting line in the sand you are choosing to draw, I, will, I have to say. I will die on this hill. I mean, again, I... I feel like it's a lonely hill for you to do that on. I you can. I'm, oh no, there's I'm plenty of people you. on on this team. Uh, Julie the cat, Chumsil is absolutely 100 percent correct. The much better goalie. It was shameful that Bombay didn't recognize that in Mighty Ducks two, and that she only comes in for one play. Goldberg, and this is part of this movie being from the 90s, but they fat shame and basically show how bad of an athlete he is constantly. Like he. He can't do the splits. Like he's not a goalie at all. It's no. it's absurd that she isn't the starter. It, well, and I also think it's funny that they explicitly make him the comic relief. It's almost like, oh look, you aren't as athletic <clears throat> as the rest of the team, so you by default, you are now the comic relief. Now he's good. His comic timing's good. Some of his jokes are good. He's not a bad actor, but yeah, I thought it was a little cliche. And I'll add Definitely. the other Hispanic character being the poon hound was also a little, uh, you know, that doesn't hold up well. Benny the Jet. That, yeah, pr- probably the most questionable scene in the whole movie is when he's crawling underneath the table. He's looking up the skirts and he gives yeah. a little like wink to the camera. I'm like, um, is this kitty porn? Like, <laughs> I'm, I don't think. This is 1996 cool. was a lawless ass time. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the 90s, man. Stuff was still weird, but yeah, that, that whole angle about him just kind of being a, a nice guy pickup artist was kind of that was a little weird. A little risque, and that is uh, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, but Luis Mendoza in this movie. A uh, another thing, a little Sandlot reference there. Yeah, and this happens in Mighty Ducks too as well. But Paul Correa, who's former NHL player, pretty good player at that, makes yeah. a cameo. How would you rate his acting? And was this the most shameless use of a famous person cameo playing themselves in a movie? No, that was Heinz Ward in The Dark Knight Rises. But he no, wasn't it was playing La- Heinz Ward. It was Lawrence Taylor in Waterboy. And that brings me to my next point. Don't smoke crap. <laughs> yeah. There was so this is bad. His acting is terrible. And That's good advice, though. When he he it, he it actually is. participated in the oral history, which is really kind of, really cool, actually. Uh, and he says he talked about how like the director th- was like, "Oh no, you're you're too dry. Like you know, try and use a little more emotion." So what we got was the little more emotion version of Paul Correa. <laughs> I, I I think his biggest mistake was not making con- uh, eye contact with the camera. He he, he fixated at, yeah. a point across, whereas. It's a movie. You're a commentator. Feel free to look at the screen. You can make eye contact with the screen. You're not an actor. You're mm. that that role allows that. And I think that would have engaged the audience because he's who's he really speaking to? The the fictitious radio audience? No, he's talking to us. Go ahead, throw the eyes up at the camera. Turn back to your to your co-host. The best example of this I can give is if you go back to the Dave Chappelle skit, the the World Series of Dice. The commentators on that bounce between looking at themselves, at the at the dice players, and the camera. Like that, when you're a commentator in that kind of sports scene, 
eye contact with the camera is acceptable. It's like porn. So a lot of movies have done this where they just randomly insert somebody and it's totally okay. Uh, at least Paul Korea is a hockey player. I think the Chuck Norris scene in Dodgeball has to be like the most like, okay, well, we got Chuck Norris and so now he's in the movie. Yeah, but I mean, that was the height of his dumb That that was the joke, dude. That that, that was the joke. I get that. Paul Korea is not the joke. But at least he plays hockey. I'm not sure Chuck Norris ever played dodgeball. Uh So it would have been better if Chuck Norris played dodgeball? It'd be better if everybody played dodgeball, for the record. Uh, It doesn't matter if Chuck Norris never played dodgeball. He's already the best dodgeball player there ever is, because he's Chuck Norris. I doubt he has a good arm. As, as, As much as I believe in Chuck Norris. No. Please do not besmirch the good name of Carlos Norris. Charles Norris? Carlos. Really? Yeah, he's named after his family's preacher. Huh. True story, Carlos. Yeah. I have one more question. It was going to be about if this was the greatest movie involving youth sports, but it's not. Literally any of the other Ducks films are better. (laughs) Yes, the first one's legitimately good. Does it tarnish the legacy of the Mighty Ducks? Because it's terrible. No. I mean, this it's it's not offensively bad. It's not a good movie, but also I feel like it passed over everybody's radar. When you think of the Mighty Ducks, you don't think of this. You think of D1, and then you think of D2, and, oh, yeah, didn't they make a third one? Yeah. yeah. I don't think it did either, because it really ties the series up with the flashbacks to the first movie, and it has the great scene of Bombay walking back through the uh, the entranceway and looking back one last time, I think it ties the series together really nicely. And if we're being honest, this is a much more reasonable follow-up to D1 than D2 is because you're not going to have a group of peewee hockey players from Minnesota represent the United States and only add four other players. They're a house team. They're not even a travel team. And they sucked. They got lucky. They win a game. <laughs> They're not going to represent the USA. That's not how that works. Yeah. Like this is a much more like the next step. Like oh, now the Ducks have gone to high school. Like I get that. Yeah. They won. Oh, they won the district championship, and this high school wants them. That makes sense. Yeah. It, it, I, this was this was their attempt at Saved by the Bell, the college years. You know. The, the problem that they ran into is they did it out of order. If they'd have gone like they went Rocky one. Rocky Four. If they'd have gone Rocky One, Rocky Two, Rocky Bruvet Four, it would have been fine. Yes, I can agree with that. Good because point. it's a natural progression. So like you see D two, yeah. the stakes are huge. It's them playing for national pride. And then D three is them like not even a real game, by the way. It's just a scrimmage. It's a friendly with the varsity team. It means nothing. I must break you. And it's just like, oh, we gotta beat these guys because they're a bunch of schmucks. It's like, okay, but the game doesn't mean anything. Well, they're playing for their scholarships. Well, yeah, that's true, but they're not, they weren't supposed to be. It's all building toward this game that is just like, it's a pep rally. And I thought that motivation angle with the scholarship thing was, was sort of like unnecessary and kind of cruel. It's like basically you brought all these like poor kids in as a sideshow. Yeah. And then you just kind of like threw them out there and like, well, if they don't make it, we'll just th- toss them to the side and eh, whatever. It's like, yeah. wait, scholarships are usually binding. They last for at least a year. And these guys are like, literally every practice, we're evaluating whether or not we'll let you go to high school. Yeah. <laughs> to oh. high school. 
There's not even money involved here, theoretically. Yeah, you tied the first game. You know, you're on thin ice now. It's like, and the whole movie is all the rich parents just hate them because they're not rich. That's why they want to get rid of them. <laughs> A classic snobs versus snobs. Wait, slobs versus snobs, except the slobs are children. Yeah. yeah. And worst off, poor. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it, it, you know, it, it was, it was, a, it, this movie had a lot of angles, it had a lot of angles they were trying to work. Didn't do any of them particularly well, but I've no. said it's terrible. I still like it because it ties the series yeah. up. It's just as good as two in, su- in some ways because they're both sort of unbelievably over the top and silly. There were a lot of like PCU style pranks in this. I, I felt like most of them were pretty good. Honestly, the prank war was was pretty entertaining. It probably wasted a lot of time, but it was pretty funny. But it escalates the tension between they and diversity. Well, it's a pretty good prank war too. I mean, you know, was... when they skip the check at the restaurant, that's actually just called the Ben Roethlisberger. So, uh, and that'll lead us into our first break. And when we come back, we're going to do interesting facts, uh, of which I found quite a few, and I've saved a lot of the good ones for our ducks fly together. Mighty Ducks quiz. Quack. Hello and welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by RevengeTheFans.com, and this is our Mighty Ducks 3, D3. The Mighty Ducks are back for the last time, as it turns out, and we're going to cover some interesting facts about the movie before transitioning into our Ducks Fly Together Mighty Ducks quiz. So first, Michael Cudlitz, who plays Cole, the bully, or Abraham on The Walking Dead, is actually only two years younger than Emilio Estevez. And is older... I, I want that to be true so badly, but it, it can't be. It's true. And is older yeah. than most of the Mighty Ducks by 12 to 15 years. That is a, how was he so baby-faced in 1996? What? I don't know. Most of the varsity team looks to be at least 15 years older than the Ducks. They're older for sure. Well, the captain doesn't look that much older. The captain looks exactly like Xander from (laughs) fucking Starship Troopers. I like literally, when I saw him, I had to Google it. I'm like, yes, is this literally the same guy? It's not. It's not, no. Which would make sense because they're both assholes. Yeah, I, I had the same thought. Jock in 1990, like six to nine, you got that type of person apparently. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is the the varsity team all looked to be like adults, and the ducks were all clearly like pre to mid pubescent. Like there was a big, big difference between their size in this movie, which disappears during the hockey scenes because it's all stunt doubles. Yeah. You yeah, gotta think we, about it for the kids. This was a good deal. They only had to do like half the normal amount of work. It, it was like being on the Power Rangers. You just do yeah. all the face stuff, and then like you know the stunt doubles take care of all the costume work. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Uh, so the dorm used by the Varsity is the same dorm used in Dead Poet Society. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Great movie, Dead Poet Society. Uh, apparently, Eden Hall Academy is an amalgamation of the Twin City suburb of Eden Prairie and private schools Creton, Dermot Hall, and St. Thomas Academy. Uh, in addition, Eden Hall's commitment to excellence in varsity hockey may or may not be modeled after Shattuck St. Mary's, which is a boarding school in Fairbolt, Minnesota. 
that has taught NHL stars Jonathan Taze, Zach Parise, and Sid the Kid. And I have played rugby against the Fairbolt uh, Men's Rugby Club. Do you remember their name? What was their mascot? I don't recall, but I kicked the crap out of them. Chumzilla actually is our personal pod Minnesota Miracle Man. This is true. I spent a few years up there. I have seen the Great White North, and I'm glad to not be there any longer. I spent a summer there, and I'm never going back. It got down to 32 at night in July. Mm -hmm. One of the funny uh, things in the time oral history is basically uh, Joshua Jackson talking about because they filmed the movies in Minnesota. You'll recognize the diner from prior episode. Yeah, Turbo Man. Turbo Man. Jingle All the Way's Jingle diner the way. is right there. Yeah. Listen, I choose to believe that Jingle All the Way and Mighty Ducks exist in the same timeline. Definitely. There's a, I, I could buy into that. There's like a 90s cinematic universe. They're definitely a part of it. Home Alone's a part of it. What else is absolutely in there? What's you know the, what? You know what really bothers me? Blank check. That's definitely in there. Uh, First kid. Milk money. (laughs) Milk money. Um, You know what? I'd like to think there's a world where uh, Goldberg and Jake Lloyd hang out. And those guys kind of, you know, get weird and rap and work stuff out. That's certainly a possibility, too. But anyway. So I'd like to believe Haley Joel Osment is their uh, sponsor. When they're having like, like, wait, like, like, uh, the boys, Haley, Joe Osmond, Joel. Osmond. Yeah. He's in the boys. Six. He's in the boys. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like as a mentor. Yes. I mean. He's, he's the, like I'm adult Haley, Joel Osmond comes back. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just, sorry guys. So we digress. Uh, yeah. One of the funny stories Josh Jackson tells, Joshua Jackson tells is that, they didn't realize how cold it got in Minnesota. And there's like a series, I guess, of indoor tunnels. So you don't go outside when it's negative 50. Correct. So he went outside and he's like, holy shit, uh, I think I'm going to die. Of course, he ran back inside. And during the scene where Bombay kisses his mom, their lips got frozen together. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. It's really They know it's a movie, right? They don't actually have to film in Minnesota. Yeah. Well, I guess it uh, it paid dividends for Minnesota because the Mighty Ducks being so popular and having that cast and crew as part of the community led to the development of like a female youth hockey league, huh. uh, which exists to this day. Now, speaking cool. of Bombay, uh, according to IMDb, Emilio used his entire salary for D3 to finance his own movie, The War at Home. Pretty awesome. You know, he he came back for this. He didn't want to because he thought it was like beneath him at the time, but he came back. And he clearly does not want to. I say that yes. like he thought it was beneath him, but I think he, it was more his career had moved on. And like when you read the oral history, which I will post to the social ad hops and be on flops, all the, the cast who are the kids like can't say enough good things about Emilio Estevez. They all like really appreciated his mentorship. So that was kind of good to hear. Now, as I said, right, this plot, very derivative, and we said that the sequel would have been better if they lost. Like, this was the end of the era. The Mighty Ducks finally lose, but then you realize there's more to life than maybe just winning at hockey. Whatever. 
The original concept for the film would have seen them defending their title at the Junior Goodwill Games in Europe, where they would eventually lose to Iceland in the semifinals. Now the hook, they're out, they're having dinner, whatever, Iceland's there as well, and some guy says something not so nice about Goldberg, like a racial epitaph or whatever, and they end up getting a fight with this team, and Iceland comes to their aid. So they bond with Iceland and then help Iceland train to win the championship. That was their original pitch for this movie. I mean, it's all in execution, but I do have to say I like that better. Yes, than because, this, it's because different, you know. Not well, not just that it's different. We've talked about the sense of scale, right? You went from, you know, regional, not not even championship, right? It was just regional game win to national representation and now you're going all the way back to high school yeah no it it feels like a step down and here's also just a tremendous fact nordling who played the coach and mike vidar who plays luis mendoza used to play in an adult baseball league together for several years after filming this movie i mean were they any good apparently they both loved baseball it was like competitive Adult Baseball League. Uh, Benny, the, so, so it started because they met on this movie? Yeah, or they, they played they, before? They, well, they both played baseball before, but they met on this movie and then decided they were going to play this adult baseball league together. That's pretty spectacular. I, so, so wait a minute. Is, is this another baseball-esque reference? Wasn't it, the, uh, wasn't it Jingle All the Way that played baseball or softball against the ref? It was the cast of PCU. PCU, yeah, yeah. Not, not John Jingle all the way. PCU. Okay, so an- another uh, movie that brought together yeah through, uh, through the love baseball slash softball interest as well. Okay, uh, Benny the Jet is now crazy. a fireman. So in case you were wondering where yes. he was at, so now this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where you got to be prepared because this is our ducks fly together, mighty ducks quiz. Are you two ready? Doesn't sound quack like it. quack okay quack that's better quack. Quack. Number one. Ah, flack. No, don't you dare. He, don't he's you a little dare. confused, but he's got spirit. Don't Go you on. dare insult the mighty ducks with that stupid insurance duck. Number one, Cole, Michael Cudlitz, who we mentioned many times throughout the pod, is largely modeled after this other famous school bully. Is it A, Nelson Muntz from The Simpsons, B, Johnny Lawrence from The Karate Kid, C, Biff Tannen from Back to the Future, or D. Buzz McAllister from Home Alone? Uh, the one before Biff. So Johnny Lawrence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what was the question? Cole, the, the, the varsity bully, was largely modeled after this other famous school bully. Cole. Which one's Cole? Not Xander from Starship yeah. Troopers. The, the redhead? Guy, the guy that's literally the same age as Avilio Estevez. Yes. <laughs> Home Alone. Oh, so you say Buzz McAllister. It's Biff Tannen. Back to the Damn country. it. That was my... That, ah, that, that was my uh, see, that two. was my first guess, but he looks a lot like uh, uh, Buzz. So. No, I think you're confusing him. You're thinking it's the guy who's in Walking Dead. It's the yes. dark dude. No, uh, he is the dark-haired leader. No, it is the guy from The Walking Dead. Yeah, I, which I, I literally thought he looked like, like uh, Buzz. Oh, shit. My bad. I, 
I would yeah. have said Bush. It makes I, ma- I know they both make sense to me. In my head canon, it was Buzz. Okay, cool. Uh, that would yeah, moving on. Number two, Bob Miller, who was the announcer in the first two films, was the real life announcer for which of these NHL teams? Was it A, the Los Angeles Kings, B, the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, C, the Minnesota North Stars, or D, the Detroit Red Wings? I'm going to say Kings. North Stars. It is the Los Angeles Kings. Ah, Hollywood, baby. Uh, Miller was their announcer from 1973 until 2017. The Ducks did not exist yet, so as the story goes with them, Michael Eisner was really interested in the possibility of a sequel because he was looking to buy a hockey team and put it in Southern California. He thought the cross-promotion would be nice. Which is, like, that's the truly insane thing about the whole Mighty Ducks. Like, what was going on with Disney at one point where they went, hey, I know we've been making movies for basically the last 70 years, but uh, I've been thinking, let's buy a fucking hockey team. No, no, it's not let's buy a hockey team. It's let's make a hockey team. Cross branding, mother. <laughs> they, just, they just birthed a hockey team to existence. The, the Ducks didn't, they weren't anything else. They just became the Ducks, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they were an expansion they team. They were an expansion team. Yeah. They, so they, 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 didn't, they didn't buy it, they birthed it. Yeah. I can't believe you got that right, Captain Cash, because I was totally thinking it's either Minnesota because it was filmed in Minnesota or it's LA because it's a fucking movie. And it was fucking L.A. Yep. Fucking L.A., man. Fucking L.A. California. Okay, number I'm three. These two characters are actually siblings in real life. Ah. Is it A, Adam Banks and Lester Averman, B, Connie Moreau and Julie the Cat Gaffney, C, Cindy and Mindy, who are the cheerleaders in Mighty Ducks 3, or D, Fulton Reed and Guy Germain? Uh, well, I mean, I know the answer. I'm going to say Cindy and Mindy. That is incorrect. It is, in fact, Foggy Nelson. And Guy Germain, yep. Eldon Hansen previously worked under the name Eldon Ratliff. And Garrett Hansen, who plays Guy Germain, they're brothers. So for some reason... So so which two characters are those? Fulton Reed? Fulton Reed and Guy Germain. The main Bash brother. Main Bash brother. And Guy Germain's the guy who's always wooing Connie Moreau. He doesn't really have a very prominent role in D3, to be honest. And they kind of take a back seat. But in the first two, he's always after Connie. Cool. Okay. All right, all right, all right. I have no clue. For some reason, Eldon had to dye his hair brown and change his name to Ratliff in order to secure the part. When he spoke to Time, he said, I kind of didn't really look the role. So Jordan and Steve Herrick, the director, dyed my hair, put wardrobe on me. Even put like a fake little scar on my face, and actually screen tested me under the name Peter Quinn. Weird. Peter Quill. Almost. Yeah. Weird. Now I have a couple bonus questions. Number four for two points. Hans, the benevolent shop owner, has often been the bad guy in some big time action movies. Can you name one such role? He is not Werner Herzog. That's all I know. <laughs> he is not. No. But I mean, honestly, if if Hans was like, I would like to see the baby, 
you'd 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 like be like, wait a minute, is that is that the dude from the Mandalorian? I, I've seen some movies like that, but I don't like I've to talk like about it. Maybe. I'll give you a hint. One of them uh, is I'm, a sequel. I'm gonna say Lethal Weapon Two. Yeah, Lethal Weapon Two for sure. It is Lethal Weapon Two. He has a different. Yes. Second, I said it first. Joss uh, Ackland is the bad guy in Lethal Weapon Two. So I knew I, it. I'm gonna give that to Chumzilla and Chumzilla alone. That's fair. So it's two to one. But there is another question. Uh, by the way, Joss Ackland's still alive. Ninety-one. Still kicking at ninety-one. Yep. Yeah. Still waiting to get his revenge on him. Mel Gibson. Number five, also two points. D3 features multiple characters from the other films that are playing different roles. Can you name at least one of them? You mean like Goldberg going from goalie to defenseman? No, different, like they're different characters entirely. They were in one movie as one person, and they're a totally different person in this one. Didn't we already establish that Conway was way less of a dick in the the earlier movies, and he's a bigger dick now? Is that not, that doesn't count? That doesn't count. Has to be Damn a it. I'm striking out here. Pubescent angst do I, not I make a different this, character. And there's no, I, I, there's no way I have this, because it's all like tertiary hockey character three. There's so one very now. important one. Can't do it. I'm, I'm thinking really hard here. Yeah, God, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Wizard. I've got nothing, sir. All right. Educate us. Scott, the varsity goalie, was Gunnar Stahl in, in D2. He apparently auditioned to play Dean Portman. Gunnar Stahl is the star player of Iceland. So then he appears as the varsity uh, goalie who falls in love with Julie the Cat Gaffney. Ah! Uh, the uh, original... Wait, wait, no, but do we get that hinted at before the very end of the movie when he tries to, like, woo her in that last, like, scene? Like, I, that really weirded me out. He just walks up and gives her a smooch and, like... I think it's a wink and a nod to you stopped me glove side. So then I assumed this new identity to find you. I fled I fled Iceland. I, I did not get that. That was very Turtles 3 to me. Yeah, I fled Iceland to find you. Enrolled in this school. Okay, so I have a trivia question. Hold on. It's there's, a... Let me tell you the other two people. The okay, varsity please, coach is please. the referee in both... Mighty Ducks and the original. So the varsity coach who also could have been on the assholes list because he's awful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the referee. Oh, God. I, I, I never would have guessed that until you say it out loud. Yeah. Holy shit, you're right. And the principal from the original Mighty Ducks cameos as the teacher who gives multiple tests per week. Oh, they have the lady. Yep. Oh, no shit. Wow, okay. So she took a step back, huh? Yeah, Big time. apparently she, there must have been some sort of scandal in the Minneapolis public schools. She must have pissed off Betsy DeVos. All right, what's your question, Captain Cass? Okay, so the the secondary Bash brother, Dean Portman, uh-huh. is played by Aaron, is it Lore, I think, uh-huh. who is related to Disney royalty. Now, would you like me to do... A, uh, he's related to Disney royalty. He's related to Disney royalty. Is it because, A, his father was the original Prince Charming from Cinderella? Could it be, B, his daughter plays one of the children from Frozen? Could it be, C, his brother plays Flynn Rider from the uh, most recent Tangled films? Or is it, D, he is married to uh, Elsa, the queen from Frozen? 
he's not married to Adina Menzel. I know he's in the Newsies. He's in Newsies? Yeah, so I assume it was uh, the whatever the first one was. Okay, so, so wait, so wait. I've had Daughter That Loves Frozen, so I'm, there's a, <clears throat> I have to, by default, take the Frozen option. Which Frozen so he, option? Because there were two. Oh, no, the, the big one. He's clearly married to Elsa. Like, he that, is absolutely married to Elsa, yeah. No! He's married to Dina Menzel. Is he no. really? He is really Dean Poonman is he's banging Elsa. Wow, I'm you know what? I, huh. I've never I've never questioned my choices in life until now so hard. Oh, wow. Dean Portman rules. I, I, I wish I would have played more hockey in high school, apparently. Holy yeah, crap. I mean, I think technically you'd have to be in rent, too. Yeah, I don't think he actually played hockey, so he is I, like a I, stage actor for the most part. <laughs> Well, I, is, I, I'd I'd make believe fake hockey and and be in rent. He's like not he's evil, weirdly jacked at the end of this and, film and, for and, what is and, supposed to be like a fifteen year old. And honestly, I don't want to like disappoint. I don't want to leave my family. I don't leave my wife. I just want to impress my daughter and be like, yeah, I'm I'm friends with Elsa, with benefits. I don't know if that would go over well. <laughs> I mean, again, it, it might not. Cosplay, it might not. I've got about six friends who are Elsa. <laughs> Yeah, you know you what? I'm gonna stay away from that. And you know what? Hey, listeners, that's why I don't hang out with Captain Cash. That's not true. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll just do some quick recommendations, and then we'll preview uh, the upcoming episodes. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by RevengeOfTheFans.com, and we are going to close out our Mighty Ducks 3 episode with some recommendations and then a preview of what we have upcoming on the pod. So, Captain Cash, what is your recommendation? My recommendation is The Last Kingdom. It's a show on Netflix, I think semi-produced by BBC. If you haven't checked it out, the new season, season four, uh, is supposed to be dropping later this year. Still, there's no indication of when that's actually going to happen. Uh, but now's the perfect time to get caught up on it. The weather sucks. It's about England around 900, and it's the last kingdom is Wessex. Uh, so if you liked Vikings, this is set prior to that, and I think the acting is a lot stronger. Uh, I also think that it's it's just a really compelling story, and the first episode does a great job of keeping you guessing who the protagonist is, so I don't want to ruin that for you. Check it out. It It is absolutely worth your time. They've got... 30 hours into it, so it's not too intense. You could watch every episode once a week for, and you'd be ready for season four. So check it out. Okay. And Chubzilla, recommendation. Well, hey, since this was basically a Emilio Estevez vehicle, was I would recommend... Though? I mean, come on. It was a vehicle to a, another movie he made. To his ends, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend my favorite Emilio Estevez movie, and that is Repo Men. It is a fantastic movie. It's got a great soundtrack. If you love, uh, you know, mid-80s punk rock. Working and, with his brother. Yeah. Oh, that's Men at you know, Work. That's Men at Work. Oh, damn. Where they're trash men. They're that's yeah. a different movie. What, that's a good movie, that? too. It is hey, good. I, I, rec- I, I recommend Men at Work, but no, Repo Men is, it, it is a weird movie. It's surreal. Uh, I I can't explain it. I won't even try, but it's good. Check it out. Um, it's free to stream on a couple of services, Comcast uh, for one, 
and it's a cult classic, and it is absolutely bonkers. Mr. Wizard, have you seen it? Yes, I have. It, it's hard to describe, right? It is hard to describe. But it's really cool to see a very young Emilio Estevez uh, basically act his balls off through this thing. Estevezing it up, showing and, some of that sheen formula. And he's a very Conway-esque because he is moody and angsty as shit, but in a good way. It is a staple of bizarre 80s cinema. Yeah, it's awesome. So my recommendation... And I try and keep it in some sort of theme. Uh, This movie is, after all, about kids playing hockey. And it's full of child actors who went on to have divergent career paths, to say the least. Uh, So my film is about a child actor with a traumatic upbringing. And this child actor is very famous. It is Honey Boy, which is semi-autobiographical about Shia LaBeouf's life. Uh, with his overzealous show father, who's both mentally and physically abusive. It's free on Amazon Prime now. It is a very, very good movie. It is worth watching. It gives you a lot of good insight into his fragile mental state and why he went through some of the struggles that he did. Uh, Even though it is semi-autobiographical, he wrote it while he was in rehab dealing with the post-traumatic stress caused by his relationship with his father. I can't recommend it enough. It is very good. Now, we're going to wrap up the pod. I will say, uh, if you like the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or really anywhere you listen to your podcast, but preferably Apple Podcasts. That that seems to be the predominant platform. Uh, Send us recommendations. I can't promise we'll do them right away because we do have the next two pods figured out. Those are UHF, uh, Weird Al's famous movie, followed by one of the biggest bombs of all time, Cutthroat Island. I fucking love pirates. Uh, It is is something. That's what I can tell you. Cutthroat Island is a movie with pirates, and it is something. And it cost a lot of money. Like a lot of money. Like a lot, a lot of money. It probably tanked Rennie Harlan's career. And Gina Davis's. And Matthew Modine's. Uh, Langella, though? Langella remains untouched. Don't badmouth Skeletor. There were some bodies thrown overboard because of Cutthroat Island. Because Perry White is straight gangster. And then we'll have some other exciting announcements in the coming weeks for some themed months that we are doing. I'm going to leave you with some advice. So remember, listeners, when you're feeling lazy, you don't want to commit to do the hard work. Remember what the great Coach O'Ryan said. you got to get up early if you want to hunt goose eggs. We'll see you next time.